Hey, good morning. Today's daf is daf Chof. We'll start from the second last line of Yutta somewhere. Base 19b. Okay, so the Gemara is carrying on with strange cases of, uh, well, yeah, of delivery of gets. He says, He went into the shul, he took the Sefer Torah, and he gave it to his wife. He said, Here's your get. Nice, uh, nice, valuable get, um, but uh, is, does it work? Does it count? So, th- I mean, I'm sure what's going through your mind is obviously not. I mean, uh, you can go get any parchment, any paper. Of course, it doesn't work. And that's basically what the line of questioning is going to be. He says, I mean, what are you even worried about? Why is it even a question? It says, maybe you want to say, we're concerned that he wrote on the back of the parchment, May um, the get. So he had the Sefer Torah and he wrote on the back in, uh, remember that Golnut uh, ink? It says, well, we know there's if they're saying, well, our Sefer Torah are all treated, the parchment's treated with Golnut, um, with Golnut. And as we saw earlier on, on Datyutes, that if you write with Golnuts on Golnut treated paper, it doesn't count as writing. So obviously that wouldn't count. This is says maybe you're going to say it's because the parish of get is written in the Torah and in the get it says and you will the cost of law say for Christus oh, I've written for her good uh, get Christus how about in the cost of law you need written for her lishma that it's done lishma beleka when the sofa was writing that parish in the Torah, I mean even the language isn't even correct it's and the, and you will write for her say for Christus not this is a say for Christus etc but even if you're going to suggest that it's still not written lishma says, okay, so maybe you're going to suggest that he paid the sofer. And he says, you know, I see you writing a sofer Torah. When you get to the parish of Greg, write it with me and my wife in mind, so that it is lishma. He says, you need, or take out the shina, you need his name, her name, the name of his city, and the name of her city. Velaken, you don't have that in the Sefer Torah. So, I mean, obviously this isn't a get. What was the question from the outset? Says, Rabbi Yosef, okay, so what, Moshe, what was Rabbi Yosef coming to teach us? Uh, by bringing this case and telling you, he says, yo, may milin, al kaveh, may milin. He says, sorry, she'ein may milin, al kaveh, may milin. The whole point of this was, and bringing this case, Rabbi Yosef set out to teach us that writing with gallnut ink on gallnut treated parchment does not count as ksiva. Just as an unrelated question, would, not, would writing on an exafatora not invalidate the process anyway? I actually meant to bring a, a Rambam. I know he discusses this by mezuzah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Sefer Torah, but I assume it would not necessarily invalidate the Torah. Not a good thing to do, because why would you... Uh, um, it's kadosh and you're doing your own scribbles and stuff like that. I would I assume it's problematic, but I don't know if it would invalidate the Sefer Torah. If you wrote it on the other side, now that's a serious issue. On, on the, the back, on the reverse side. On the, if you wrote it on the side with the text, yes. that's definitely problematic. So that's now you change. Oh, yeah. but if you wrote it on the reverse, the blank side, that I don't know if it's a serious one. But Mezuzah, it's interesting. What the Rambam discusses is by Mezuzah. He says you shouldn't write anything on the back, except we know there's a minag to write. Shakai or the Shin, um, and there's also I'm trying to remember the late the letters. Um, um, I think it might be the last letters of Arushem for the opposite of an acronym. We write that at the bottom of the parchment. If you open your mezuzah and look at the back, you'll hear that. Yeah, on the reverse, yeah. you open it and you look, it sees a kumu, chamuzos, you know, some weird uh, phrase. So that stems, I don't know where that minah comes from. That's also very old minah. I think the Rambam might also mention it, or someone else, but that, that's an old minah to write that on the back. So I don't think it invalidates it, but that's generally not ideal. But I guess by the mezuzah, we have the tradition. So, yeah, interesting question, and I forgot to uh, bring the Rambam and add it. It's an interesting question that just pops up off this discussion, but maybe we'll leave it for another time, is why do you have to write the name of the person in the city? 
Where do you see that requirement? Just right, this is a document of separation and you're no longer attached to anyone. Why say, this is a get between the Ruben and Leia? Why, why do you have to put the name? Omar al-Khizda, and is it Dorais or the Rabbanu? Omar al-Khizda, get check, possible shaloi lishma, behaviorial of kumus lishma, bonal machloi kesra, behuda parabonan. If you write a get, if you have a get that was written shaloi lishma, so he just wrote it out with the, again, it happened to be uh, Ruvain and married to Leah, and he wrote it for the wrong person, and now they decided not to get divorced, so he's just going to use this for this couple, Ruvain and Leah, who want to use it. So, so what do you do? You just go over each and every letter with ink, lishma, and that, is that valid or not, depends on whether you pass can like Rabbi Yehud or Rabbonin. We're going to see, um, we'll, we'll see the discussion now, the Makhluk is reviewed in Rabbonin soon, but just interesting enough, yesterday when we were discussing writing, we were comparing it to writing on Shabbos. Now we're discussing writing in regards to the halachas of writing a Sefer Torah. And further down the page, we're going to see writing in regards to the tzitz of the Kohen. Remember, it had to have Kodesh Lashem written in it. So all these, whenever the Torah says, you shall write, or it must be written, you know, along those lines, they all overlap because what is considered a ksiva in an objective form, and then obviously the analysis is where do they overlap or what, where do they have, when does each scenario have special requirements. So that I just thought that's interesting. I just picked up on it uh, that we've got all these different. Whenever the Torah says right, we're going to be comparing the different times and the different requirements. So what's this? The Tanya we learned in a brayza harisha hoyotzarich liftov es hashem v'niskaven liftov Yehuda. He he was supposed to write Hashem's name. That's where he was up to in the possible. And he accidentally wrote. He um, his in, in his in his mind he wanted to write Yehuda. So his, what he was planning on writing was not what he was supposed to be writing. He made a mistake and he left out the Dalit. So now what does he have? He has Hashem's name. But it was written, planning to write Yehuda. It says, Yehuda says he just has to go over the letters with ink and do it for the sake of Kedusha of Hashem's name, and it's kosher. Chachamim Ramim, Ein Hashem in Amufar, Rabbi, the Chachamim say it does not count. Ein Hashem in Amufar. It sounds like he's saying it's not the best way to write Hashem's name, but Rashi explains it means it is not a valid way of writing Hashem's name. So that is possible. So interesting. So again, what was it? Was supposed to be Hashem's name. He he was for whatever reason the Sefer was thinking he must write Yehuda. So he wrote, and he, so he set out to write that, and he wrote it without the Dalit. So now it is Hashem's name, according to Rabbi Huda. Okay, so, so both of them hold that's not Hashem's name. It doesn't count as Hashem's name. Whenever you're writing Hashem's name in the Sefer Torah, you have to have in mind for the Kedusha that this is Hashem's name. It has to be done with Kavona. You can't just write. Um, interesting enough, that's why when it, it gets a bit tricky with the name Elohim. Because if it's referring to Hashem, then it's Elohim, and you write it with Kedusha, you write it with intent for Hashem's name. If it's like the Fumash very often says, Elohim HaKerim, other gods, or you judges, you'll bring the man before the Elohim, then it's not Kodosh. So, you, so there he's got to be very careful, is the Elohim Kodosh, and some of them, is, uh, sometimes it's a little bit vague. Is it referring to Hashem, or is it referring to the judges, or is it referring to... So there's a whole tradition of which one's written with Kedush and which ones are not. But that's the important point here. The, the name Hashem has to be written with Kedush. Firstly, the Chachomim hold, there's nothing you can do to... Well, not there's nothing you can do to fix it. You can't fix it because going over the ink with ink doesn't help. To change it from Shalolish Mo'ai, not with Kavon of Hashem's name, to Hashem's name, where it's Rabbi Huda holds going over it with ink wood. So we tie the same thing back with that. Get. <coughs> Rabbi Huda holds, oh, you've got to get that was not written Nishmo, just go over it with ink, and there are Bonin Hall. No, you can't do that. So if it's not, you can't do that with a get, then with the Torah Passover. Thank you. Um, as it is, it would be possible because you need Hashem's name to be written with Kedusha. I think it's, posh, it's possible if it's not written with Kedusha. Um, and, uh, um, but you can erase it. 
It doesn't count as Hashem's name, so you can erase it. So according to the Chachomim, I imagine you'd erase it and then rewrite Hashem's name with Kabbalah. You just can't go over it. There's the flip side. The, the other question um, the Radbaz, amongst others, discuss is uh, what happens if you meant to write Yehuda and you left out the Dalit? So is it right? Huh? Trying to remember which one it is. You're meant to write Yehuda and you left out the Dalit. So as we've seen, even there, even though it looks like Hashem's name and each letter is written perfectly. Well, here it's when you meant to write, you were supposed to write Hashem's name, you intended to write Yehuda, and you can erase it. So obviously in that case you can erase it where you intended to write Yehuda, and you wrote Yud K you can erase it. Look, if you just wrote it without thinking, then you're in trouble. Because you need to kind of, it is Hashem's name, so you need to write it with different intent to be able to erase it. But that was, so the Radbaz discusses that. And I think it's, it's quite a special idea that it's all very well to have something written, but it has to be written with, with Kabbalah to give Hashem's, even Hashem's name, Kedusha. Interestingly enough, that what, um, two other points on that, okay, well, the one I remember, the one stuck on my mind, is that it's Hashem's name that imbues it with Kedusha. If you think of the articles or the items that we have that are Kodosh, it's because of Hashem's name written in it, the mezuzah, uh, tefillin, mezuzin, mezuzah, and obviously a sacred Torah. We don't have any other Kadosh items. Maybe because it's Hashem's name that actually views the whole thing of Tfilin. In, in, in our Tfilin, there's the the Yud of K written on the parchments. On the parchments, I mean, you could say the Shin and the Dalit, but I don't know if that's good enough, but that gives it Kadosh. Okay. And once you have something that's Kadosh, well, then anything used with it gets the status of Tashmisha Kadosh, accessories of Kadosh. So Tfilin straps are then Kadosh. Or to a degree, because they're used for tefillin, which have Hashem's name. Um, the, the wrappings of the Sefer Torah are kodosh. The bima, many of the bimas kodosh that you rest the Sefer Torah because it's an accessory to the Sefer Torah. And but all of those would be this uh, <coughs> um, this din of the, it's writing it with Hashem's name that gives it the kafana. Can I uh, just go back to this? Yeah, okay, if it's very quick. Okay, okay, so I get that. Not literally small, you've got, you've got to write, you can't write over it. Well, according to Yehuda, you, you can, can't. you go over each of the letters, the according to the Rabbon, and you can't. Yeah. Okay. According to the Rabbon, so, so, so then the Torah, because not, if you have name is not written with the Shemal, uh, with a proper intention, then it's then the Torah's puzzle. Yes. So then you go from the Torah to the get and the get from the Torah, so it makes each one is yes, so the other one. No, I wouldn't say Tamachomer on the other one. We see the Mahlokas, Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbon, to discussing whether writing on writing in this way counts as adjusting it or not. So I wouldn't say that. That's what I pointed out at Chiru. Yeah. You know, whenever the Torah had where you have an obligation to do Siva or like Shabbos, you're not allowed to do Siva as we'll see with the Tzitz, the Torah is going to compare them. Okay. And it says, for Kosav law, write for her. So every time you see Siva or Kosav in the Torah, you're going to compare them. Omar Rabbi Sabayakov, Dilma Lohi. Rabbi Al-Khabaya says, maybe it's a different Matlok. He says, says, maybe by a Sefer Torah, there's a special Allah of, it must be done beautifully. And if you do it without Kafana, it loses a significant, beautiful aspect. But like, you don't meet that requirement. By a get, get, you don't have that requirement. So you can obviously, so it wouldn't invalidate it. And maybe even the Rabbonin would agree by a get that you can go over it letter by letter. Um, okay, that it ends off the discussion. So it doesn't tell us whether a get that was not written in Shmuel and you go over the letters. Rabbi Huda would definitely hold it's valid. Rabbonu would not. Very interesting here. Rashi says, um, I'll tell you why it's interesting soon, but let me just read you the Rashi. Um, it says, Ihu kos, well, uh, sorry, so it's not a fun of the mitzvahs. You shall do it beautifully. Oh, sorry, it's not specifically from Rashi, but it's that possible that you shall do beautify yourself with the mitzvahs. And here, what are we saying? The Sefer Torah is possible, which implies that this mitzvah to beautify mitzvahs, this dimension we find by mitzvahs of, again, elsewhere it says, to have a nice lulav, have a nice sukkah, have a nice tzitzis, have a nice sefer Torah, have beautiful tefillin, that's like, that's essential, and if you don't have it, it would be invalid. Which, you know, generally we would say it's a good thing to do, but it's not invalid. If you don't have a nice talus, but the tzitzis and the, or the, and the tzitzis strings are 
tattered and dirty. It doesn't make an apostle. It's just not the best way to serve it. So very interestingly, you're going to have to establish a principle. When do we say that this this let's call it an obligation to do mitzvahs in a beautiful way is essential and if you don't do it the mitzvah is invalid and when is it uh, and when is it just an uh, ideal way to perform the mitzvah but if you don't it would still be valid ok let's let's go um, one step further this was it was a tosos yesterday that I wanted to bring and I forgot to but this is the tosos is based on the sugya so what have we just said we, well, let's go back to what we said yesterday. So if you turn back a page, it says, Dayo al If you write with ink on ink, you're exempt. So this is one page. It says, Tema Dayo This implies that if you write with ink over ink, you haven't done anything. This was regarding Hilfus Shabbos. It says, Shabbos, regarding Shabbos, get. And we're saying a get has the same. Halachas, the midami besomoch le Shabbos, as we see that get is compared to writing on Shabbos. There's no much more delay command of polygon from our sukkah, it seems there's no one who argues. Ula Kaiman, and now this is the sukkah we're doing today. Omrinon, we say, Kosvul Shalolishma, the heavier of Kilmuslishma, Bonon of Athlokes, Rebuta Barah Bonon. That if the, it was not written Ishma, and you go over the ink with ink, you change it, that it is considered written, it's a machlokes, Rabbi Yudha Rabbonin, whether it counts as writing. It says, Rabbi Yudha have a ksav, etc. I'm going to skip a bit. Well, Rabbonin, and yeah, and according to Rabbi he actually came out that everyone agrees it's writing by the get. It's just by Sefer Torah where you need Zekeli Van Veil, but by a get, everyone agrees it can be written. You can do the ink over the ink. So now we have a seemingly a contradiction of the sugyas don't mind. On Davyud test, it says that ink on ink is not writing and you'd be exempt on Shabbos. And we can pay get and Shabbos so it would not count as a get. And all of a sudden on today's Dabdachov, we're saying that no, ink on ink with intent to write it does have an effect. It changes it to Lishmo. So he brings Vo'aymer Rabbeinu Yitzchak, Rabbeinu Yitzchak, Delekaymen Vadei Shekos Seksab Rishon Hoyo Shelo Lishmo. There the first writing was not Lishmo. Veksab Sheini Oso Lishmo. And the second writing, I'm going over the ink with the ink, makes it lishma, and I'm doing tosfos, choshiv ksav, it is considered writing. So what's the Ri's um, novel idea on this writing of the Sefer Torah? That, or, or, sorry, on writing? That when, just by changing this, even though you, when you write with ink on ink, you're not doing anything, and that's why you potter, and that's why it doesn't help with the game. But here, where your intent is to change it more, you are having effect because you, you're, you're writing, even though it's not visibly changing anything, it's changing from Shalolishmo to Lishmo. So it is considered writing, which interestingly enough, then according to so the re saying is directly comparable to Shabbos, and you have to fit both Sukhias with Shabbos and writing a Sefer Torah, and therefore you have to come along with this novel suggestion that just changing this document from Shalolishmo to Lishmo is considered a change that you could, I guess, be put to death for on Shabbos. That's how he's learning. I mean, other Rishonim don't learn like that. Other Rishonim give different answers, like the ones only with Rabbanon or uh, other questions, but that's just, I thought, that's um, quite interesting that I forgot to bring uh, yesterday. And then, uh, yeah, and then just to take it one step further, but not to do the answer, you also have to think how it fits in with the signatures, because remember we were discussing yesterday, all different scenarios, how do you like, get the signatures, tracing and stencils, etc. How would that fit in with this halach of the Tosso Sarosh, amongst others, discuss it. Okay, let's carry on. First says, you know what? I have a way to invalidate every single get in the world. Says, what are you talking about? What do you think? He says, what? Are you saying it's because of the halacha that he must write and all get in she writes? What do you mean that she writes? The Kosav, interestingly enough, tells us when we say he must write, we mean it must be his. To the degree that Chilchonorov says, ideally, how should it be? This, the husband acquires whatever, the parchment, the ink, the everything, and then the soifer writes with it. Oh, so, so sorry, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. Because of, so he has to write, I, it must be his. But there's a Zayra to again to prevent Agonos, etc., that 
she pays for the get. So it's really whose ink and parchment and everything is it? It's hers. So every single, once you have that Zerid Rabbonimet, she must be the one paying for the get. Every single get in the world is invalid. That's the suggestion. This is Medilma. Maybe the rabbis give it to him. It says, I, you're right. Um, it is, she's paying for it, but the rabbis kind of take it from her and give it to him. So it's all his. So, so, so the get, you can't say that every get is invalid because the rabbis take it from her and give it to him. That would be the power of Bezdin, as we've seen many times. Hefker Bezdin. Hefker Bezdin have the power to, to declare something ownerless. Interesting enough, many limit Bezdin's power to making it ownerless. I, I can, Bezdin can come along and say, that is no longer yours. That is no longer yours. But they don't have the power to say whose it is, to transfer it to someone. Whereas here, and how Rashi clearly learns here, is that Bezdin do actually even have the power to transfer ownership, never mind just declare it ownerless, to even declare, uh, to transfer it to someone else. Um, that's an interesting discussion, that's a, I mean, a very yeshivish discussion is when Bezdin say, Hefke, Bezdin, Hefke, how far does their power extend? But it does touch on the sugi in a very important way. So, First suggestion of why a sister might be able to invalidate every single get is because it has to be his, and the woman's the one who pays for it, so it's really hers. And we say no, because the Rabbonin could give it to him. It says, Maybe because it uses the word vinosan. He shall give. Give him class, give something. When he gives her this piece of parchment, he's not giving her anything of significant what It's a few rand, a few cents. Has to be something. Has to be, let's say, at least the proof. It has to be something of value. So this deal man is seen as get who take the the shulchum yichem because while Israel no kosher, the shulchum yitomya. So it's not perhaps giving a get is different. All you have to do is give it. Are you right? Generally, when the Torah says nesina uses the word given means give something substantial, but by get we take it very literal. It just means hand it over. And I'll give you a proof, Taylor, proof that that is, because they send from Eretz Israel, if you write a get on something that you're not allowed to get Hanor from, it's a valid get. Now we always say that Isura Hanor have no value, and since you can still, so you shouldn't use it, you shouldn't give it to her, but it's a 100% kosher get, because the key point is not that you're giving her something worth a certain amount, it's just that you hand it over. So we're taking the sinner very, very literal in this context, which you might have gone on with. Toysus interest, I don't have time to go into it. Um, I've been very distracted, I've been very off the page today. Um, but Tos was going to all other cases in the Torah where it says Venosan, and you might have thought that it has to be something substantial, and it doesn't have to be. So, okay, that's taking the connotation of Venosan to mean something substantial. Okay, so Gufa, Shalzumi, Somkosvali, Shreya, No Kosher. We just mentioned, they sent from Eretz Israel, that if you write it on Isure Hanor, it is still kosher. Omar Ravashi, Ravashi says, well, you can work that out from our Mishnah. You don't need to bring me the letters and the psakim from Eretz Israel. It's a straightforward Mishnah. He says, well, Alha Ola Shalzayis. You can write the safer, you can write the get on an olive leaf. Remember, we learned that uh, in our Mishnah. So he says, the Gemara answer is not, it's not necessarily a proof. He says, Dilma Shaini Ola Shalzayis, the Chosilitz Tarufek. The olive leaf at least has some value because granted one olive leaf doesn't have a lot of value, but if you have a whole lot of olive leaves, you have either enough to make a mattress, something to sit or sleep on, or animal food. So it does have a tiny value, whereas uh, something that is surah hanor, something that you're not allowed to get benefit from, has zero value. It's obviously not physically possible to write on an olive leaf. Uh, it seems it is. <laughs> What do you mean? Yeah. Why not? Oh, I don't think it's only a Oh, no. Oh, so then you're coming on to another question. There's another area that the get can't be made of different parts. It has to be one, one let's call it one piece of paper, because as soon as it says the cost of law safe fair priesthood, a safe fair, can't be multiple sporims. You can't give her like a wad of paper with a word or a sentence on each one, and it's a big thing. So then the question then goes into, so an olive leaf, 
maybe if you have a stem with lots of olive leaves on, is that considered one or is that considered multiple? So maybe that's the question. Yeah, maybe you can't afford to. Otherwise, you're not very, very tiny. Remember that trillion that they used to have all of all of our grandfathers. Uh, you know, they had those the, or great grandfathers had those tiny trillion. Can you imagine how small the scroll that Daddy writes on and fold it up tiny and the writing can be tiny? People went into the concentration camps and especially to Finland. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen yeah. that uh, Rabbi Klein. He's got these two fingers and tiny, tiny, tiny. I had a, I had a Shah Rosh from the uh, Shah Yad from the Shah that I got in Shah. Somebody dropped in Shamus from the Shah Al. And I gave it to my son, but he gave it to somebody who collected those things. So you can imagine how tiny they had to write to fold the parchment up. Remember, in the in your shell rush, you got four pieces of parchment. I mean, one of them is Bahayarim Shemwa. It's not a tiny paragraph. So if you and you got to be able to fold up the parchment and put it put it in the compartment, like you can write tiny. Look at my writing on the side of my Gemara. So Tanya Rebbe Omer Koswal Isura Hanal Kosher. Nofak Levi Dorshem Ishmae the Rebbe. So there's a brighter that Rebbe came, went along and said, if you write the get on Israel's kosher. So when Levi was giving a drosha, telling the halacha, he said it over in the name of Rebbe. Veloy Kosur. People didn't really praise it. They didn't accept it. They said, oh, he's saying Rebbe's opinion, but that's not the general accepted opinion. Because if, if you say something in someone's name, you imply that it's just them who say it. So, okay, so that's not the general impression. So he then went and said it in the name of the public, and they accepted it. The Alma Hilchus and we see the halacha is like him. So, again, can be written on Isurei Hanor. Oh, just on the previous piece, I mean, it's still relevant coming up, but I wanted to remember, I forgot to mention, in Shulchan Aruch it brings, so the woman pays for the get, and then they take everything, you'll see over the page why it's more relevant, and they give it all to the husband. So they give him the ink and the quill and the paper, and they say it's yours, and then they, he gives it to the scribe to write for him, to have that Vakasav law that he's writing for her. There's Tana Rabbonin Vakasav Meloi it says the word, um, write and it can't be engraved. It says, You telling me that erasing, uh, engraving in, I carving in is not considered writing? But there's a contradiction. If an Evid produces writing that's on a tablet or a journal or a ledger, he can go free. Now, a tablet, it's a wooden thing or a clay thing that you etch the writing in, or this pin cuss, it was a, a covered in wax, and you etch the writing into the into the wax. It says it works. Of a law, but what wouldn't work? Um, uh, embroidered writing on a woman's hat or on this sort of um, I don't know exactly what Akdurhi is, but some sort of ornament or decorative thing. So embroidery does not count as writing. Very interesting, Rashi says, why? Because how does embroidery work? You have the thread that's just on top of the thing. It goes into the material, into the cloth on two ends, but it's just on top. It's not part of the paper. The, the writing has to be attached on, on the paper, on the thing. So the, so the get of the slave, and remember we're always comparing get, uh, get shikhrur and, and a regular woman's get. So here, so we see that you can have it engraved. Yeah, the difference is, was the around, was it engraved around? Or were the actual legs, were the actual letters engraved into the part, into the into the atom? What are we saying? This is as I mean, um, the to chos is interesting, and this is an important tool to be aware of with the sefer Torah when you become a sefer. Is if you carve around the letter, so let's say I want uh, I want uh, a signature, and I want it to be an aleph because my name is Eli. So I carve around the aleph, cut out around the aleph, and I'm left with the aleph. That's possible. Because I didn't carve out an aleph, I carved around an aleph. I didn't do anything on the actual letter. But engravery itself, if I would cut an aleph into it, or the get carved into a clay tablet, 
if you're actually forming the letters through calming, that would be fine. But um, you're telling me it's not, it doesn't count as writing if you, um, I don't know, form the outside. I mean, where this comes up very practically, if there's a, if the cipher sees it's a, I don't remember the halachas, but if he sees it's a dalit and it's supposed to be a reish, can he just cut away the tail? Because then, but, but then he is forming the letter through removal, not through writing the letter. Or if there's a blotch of ink, if he scrapes it away, leaving the letters. So again, those are all problems with uh, issues that a sofa will have. But here we say, you telling me that leaving the letters does not count as writing for him. I'll show you a contradiction. It says, The sits was not written, sunk in. It protruded like a gold coin. How do you get the image on a gold, on a coin, on a dinazov? By pushing away the outside. If I understand correctly, the mold is you have whatever you want on the coin, you have it engraved in the mold, and then the mold stands down on the coin, pushing away the background, leaving the picture or leaving the writing. So you said that the tzitz, which has to be written, Kodesh la Hashem, how are you forming it? Sounds like you're forming it like a gold coin. How are you going to stamp on, uh, stamp the metal till the letters that it pushes are away the background and leaves the letters? It says no. The Moran says, We use the word which is like Dinarazov, but not totally comparable to Dinarazov. Dinarazov, the boilate, it's like gold coins because the writing protrudes. Because there it is, the background is written, the letters are just left, and here you're actually forming the letters. Rashi, how did they form the letters? Because they did it from behind. So they wrote the letters from behind, so they are, even though it's, if the, the sits, you want to see it on the outside protruding, so when the coin's wearing it on its forehead, it's protruding, like the letters on the shin on the twiddle, you want them protruding. So the coin, so, so they, you scrape the background, you, you scrape from the reverse side, pushing the letters up. But again, what are you doing? You're forming the letters. That's the key point, forming the letters. The tzitz is gold. It's a gold plate. It's a gold plate. Yeah, but it was a very thin, Rashi, wasn't it? A very thin gold plate. So says, Omar Ravina, Ravashi. Ravina says to Ravashi, um, basically, we've just assumed that when you stamp onto a metal plate, it doesn't count as writing because what you're doing is pushing away the background and just having the writing left there. What the Gemara is going to ask is maybe what it's really doing is it's pushing it all into shape. So it is kind of, to a degree, right, it's pushing some of the background, but it's also pushing the letters, squashing the letters into form. So it is actually writing. Again, this would all be relevant, again, we're discussing the tits, but it would be relevant, can you stamp the get onto a piece of metal? Onto a metal plate. Um, so Omar Avashi, Rishuma Makritz Choritz, I can't say Machnif. Do you think that the indent, um, that it just indents the surrounds, leaving the letters and that it's not silver? Or maybe it's, it pushes, it gathers the gold, it gathers it together. Um, so he says, Omar Lei, Michritz Choritz. He says, No, it just pushes the background. He says, But didn't we just say that they would not write it? Um, they would not, um, that sits wouldn't be sunk in. It would be, the writing would be protruding, like a gold coin. He says, if you're going to tell me that when you stamp something it, with, the, with the metal mold, it just pushes away the background, leaving the letters, well, it says you need to write it. Um, it says, Yasuas that says Nazra Kodesh the Hoftar, Vayikhtavu Alov Mitchai Petuche Khoisem Kodesh Lahashem. And you write on it exactly the signet of Kodesh Lahashem. So you need to write it, and you've just told me that when you stamp with a metal, it's like a gold coin, that it just leaves the letters. It, it, it fiddles with the background without doing anything to the letters. So the Moran says, no, again, like we saw 
earlier kidinarizov, like kidinarizov, when it says it's like dinarizov but not completely comparable. Kidinarizov, the boilate for like kidinarizov, the iluhasa mikavai vahacha miavrai. Gold coins are stamped on it from that side, leaving the writing or the picture that you want on it, only interfering with the background. And here, but it sits, they'd work from the back, so they would form the letters. Again, that's what we see. The key point is, when you write, to be, one of the key points here is to be considered writing, you have to be forming the letters, either by writing them with ink, or etching them into a board, or whatever it is, etching them into something, or, um, or you can even push from the back, that the letters protrude. Now let me ask you, I'm wearing them, so I'll just take them off quickly to see. But these shins on your tefillin also have to be written. So if you look, how do they, how are they written on there? They, they're protruding, so how do you write like that? They're so, scraped. They're not allowed to scrape it, and okay. they're not allowed to push, they're not really allowed to do it with the mold, because as we've just seen, if you do it with the mold, it's pushing away the background, but not forming the shin. So they have a, I don't know exactly how it works, and they have a, what they do is they soften the leather, they push it that they stab like they, that the, no, not from the other side, oh, from, this. The, from the side so that they have the shin there. Then they color in the shin and they flatten it. So you have the very precise line of shin. And then they use like a special, I don't know, knife or something and they like pull it out. So they actually do form it by pulling out the letter, the shin. That's how, it's quite a, it's feeling on quite a process. They, I mean, that's why one of the reasons they're very, very expensive. They're very, very hard to make. But you could also push if you think about it. You yeah, push so the which leaves the foreground yeah. protruding. I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just wondering how they would do that um, because... If you have a step with the shin cut out on the step. And you push. Yeah. But what you're going to hold, hold it in place because it's... If you have a flat thing that it's pushing against, then it's not going to come out. But since it was a thin piece of metal, so you could push from the reverse side. Okay, but they have to... Well, I don't know how... The problem is foreign. I don't know how big it was, that it, how, how much it folded. Um, just, uh, yeah, so for the next piece, just something to consider. It's not totally relevant. But just something interesting to consider on Shabbos, there's two. One Malach is Koisev writing, and another Malach is Sovea, coloring. Uh, that's not what we call illustrating, but more painting, painting, dyeing something. Oh. What's the difference between writing and dyeing something? Dyeing something, you dip it in. Writing, you actually. Okay, and painting a wall? That would be? You're saying painting a wall is writing? Painting a wall. I don't know. Okay, something to think about. Well, it's not really on the Gemara here. Um, I'm trying to remember. Kilas Yaakov says something along the lines of, um, that's the stipler god. He says something along the lines of, um, writing is where almost the background or the thing it's on makes little difference to you. The main point is that you have the surface. Whereas surveyor or painting, you're actually, the background's important. That's what you're going for to change. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, but either way, that's the one point I want to mention. The second point is that um, we'll see uh, down this page that the letters of the get have to be on something. To the degree that if the husband hands her the document, but he's retaining the paper... So he's not handing her a document, he's just handing her letters on a paper that are, for all intents and purposes, floating in the air. That's the language we'll use down the page. Shouldn't they not divorced? He has to be handing her something. The writing on the paper, he has to be handing her something. Um, and therefore she has to own, her, uh, own the paper. Um, well, sorry, he has to own the paper and give it to her. So he has to give her the object that the get is written on. So the Gemara is now going to ask, what happens if it's given to her, but for a different reason? I, he's giving her the object that is written on, but not as a get, but for to payment payment for exuba, as we'll see. Can you still say that the get is written on something and he's given her something? Let's see the question is asked. He wrote the get on a golden plate. Now remember, it can't be stamped on because that's just forming around, so it'd have to be. 
etched in, so let's say, oh, etched in a golden plate, that would be fine. The Omri law, the Omri law, and he says, his kablik gitech, his kablik subosach. Accept your get and accept the gold as your tsuba. He owes her the sermon. Says, Ma, what's that locha? Again, the question is, if you would give her the gold plate with the text on, that's 100%. As her get, that's fine, that's very good. But here, he's giving her the letters of the get. Plus the gold as her ksuba. So he's giving it to her, but as her ksuba. So what's the halacha? This is Amalain, this kablo kitavi, this kablo ksubasa. Yeah, it counts for both. Yes, the main point is that he's giving it to her. Not that he's giving it to her as her get. I mean, the writing is definitely giving it to her as her get. He says, says Aisibay, they challenge this. He's kablo kitavi, vashal ksubasa. Accept this gold plate as your get, and the rest will be for the ksuba. The margins and the spaces, etc., will be the ksuba. Then she accepts, it's as if she's received the get, and the rest of the gold around the writing, the margins, etc., is considered her ksuba. But it seems to emphasize, this implies that it's specifically because there's margins. If there were no margins, that he was giving to her, he was giving her the part that the the text was written on as her ksuba, it wouldn't be valid. He says, no, who I didn't, I thought I'd be like a shah. No, it's even if there are no margins. I say, so he says, the, the writing's perfectly, fits perfectly on this gold plate, and he says, here's your get, and the gold is your ksuba. He says, it's still valid. He says, ah, oh, the So, what's this coming to teach us when it emphasizes that he's giving her, he says, you can have the margins as your ksuba. It's even though there's the margins, there's the rap, there's the part around the text. If he says to her, it's for your ksuba, then in it's a good ksuba. If not, then it's not my timer. I've it's just the space on the paper. I, when you hand someone a piece of paper and it's not printed all the way to the line or written all the way to the line, it's just part of the paper, it's part of the thing. So, so if he's giving his wife as a get this golden tablet and it's got margins around it, it's as if he's just given, it's still just a get. Again, unless he specifies that he wants the margins to count towards her ksuba. And as we said, he doesn't even have to say the margins, he can say the whole plate is your ksuba. But again, he has to specify it. Otherwise, it's assumed to just be given to her as her get. New point. If a man says, here's your get, but the paper belongs to me, she is not divorced. If he says on condition that you give me back the paper, this is a good divorce. Because, as we know, matona there is a good matona. We use it by lulav, we use it here. So he can give, but again, he has to be giving her the paper for her to have to the degree. Then she has no proof that she's got a get. Yeah, so she would, so there are witnesses to it, uh, maybe she gets a receipt or something, but yeah, you're right, then she doesn't have proof. So it's boira popa, what happens if he says, here's your get, but all the parchment between the letters and the lines is mine. Take when he leaves it unresolved. So first we're going to say somehow the letters are all ta- attached together and all the lines are attached together somehow, because as we pointed out earlier, it has to be one safer. Um, so it can't be literally that you could theoretically carve out every letter and give him the blank parchment. Um, but either way, does that count be, like the between the lines and the words? Is that, uh, is that uh, considered so part of the gets or not? Take who, and we leave it unresolved. Yeah, what do they do, Mom? They, they write the gets, they, they take the get, they file it at the bed, then they give the woman a document to say that you received the get on such and such a day. Mm-hmm. And such and such oh, so, so, I mean, that from your, to answer your question, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, to do with the Gemara, yeah. yeah. Um, that's um, that she has proof. Okay. Um, so, they could answer all of these questions, because all of them, what happens to the letters if she takes no, them back? I can't answer any of these questions. Can't it? Okay, yeah, because these are all to do with the, the actual get, and what makes it considered written, well, we're specifically discussing written, but a kosher get. Yeah. So if you write the get in a in, in so you put it on a tablet uh, on a gold plate. Oh, on an Apple tablet, that's a different question because we say as soon as the screen goes away, it disappears. But that's, but there's a good chance. There's, there's, that's a very interesting question if you have the 
get rooted on it. He, he, had, he uses his uh, stylus and he writes out the get and he gives her the Apple tablet for her to have. Good question, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. But what, no, but what I'm saying is if you make the get and you don't meet the requirement, oh, it doesn't count as writing, it's tochas, yeah. or it's uh, an invalid ink, or he doesn't give it to her, whatever. No matter how many good receipts and how well that thing is filed, yeah. you never actually were divorced. Yeah, because he has to give it to her. He has to give her the get, but not only that, it has to be done correctly and stuff. Yeah. So that's why you're the, the filing away the thing won't help at all in any of these questions. Because the get still has to be done properly. It says, But didn't, shouldn't it be possible because you need one document and not two, two or three? And if he says, I give you the letters on the parchment except for the parchment between the letters, well then it's each letter. He's literally handing out each letter individually. That's what I mentioned earlier. It says, no, it's where it's written with it all attached together. And maybe the letters are all touching or somehow they overlap each other enough that you, it's, it would be one piece just very closely cut to the letters. And that's what he gave it. And that, but as we saw that up above, that was a take with that word. Boy, Rami talking We get a new case. Um, if there was a ever there was this ever that everyone knew belonged to the husband. But get Kosoval Yoda and he comes and there's a get written for his wife on the slave's hand. And now she produces the slave. Mahu what's the halocha? Do we say that the husband must have given her the slave, so it's fine? Or do we say that the slave just joined her? I, do we assume that the get was given to her before Adim? Done in the correct way. The get was this slave with the get written on his hand was given to her, and then and that's why she's come to court with her slave and said, Look, here's my get, and that's all very good. Or do we assume that maybe the slave can move around independently. So the husband wrote the document on the slave's hand, wrote the get on the slave's hand, and now they've just walked along, and he's walked and said, I'll meet you in court and you can use the get. There was no giving over of the get in that case, so it was, she wouldn't be divorced. Um, yeah, I don't want to go into this now, but you have to tie this into... Oh, yeah, Rami Barham, we have to go into it. Hold that Eide Chasimakarti, it's the Eide on the signatures. I So... And, so no one necessarily saw the husband give her the get. The last thing that the Adim saw was the husband, was the, the writing of the get, and they signed it. That made it a good get. And then subsequently, she's claiming the husband subsequently gave it to me. But the question is, maybe the slave just walked uh, following her, walked to, walked to her instead of the husband giving the slave to her. So Amar Rav, the type of Lodokos of says this question shouldn't get off the ground because you're able to forge it. I, you just get some soap and sponge, rub out the conditions or whatever you don't like about the get, and fill in the information that you want. And any get that could be forged is invalid. Interesting. Any get that could be forged is invalid. But then you have a big question on Robert from our Mishnah. It says you can write the get on the hand of a slave. So, according to Rav, the mission is not such a difficulty because you could say that um, he holds like Rabbi Eliezer that it's a day Masira of the important point. And like Rabbi Lezer, Rashi points out the assumption then is that if the Adem have to see the get being given over, so you write the get on the slave hand in regular pen, they're going to read it and watch the get be handed over. So there's no concern of forgery. It's only according to Rebbe Meir where once they've signed, it can disappear from them and we assume everything is done in order. So here, so, so that's why Rava can explain the Mishnah according to that opinion. It says, or according to Rami Bantama, we have a difficulty. She says, no, Rami Bantama, Nami Lokasha, it's also not a difficult. But so it's with a tattoo. Is it a tattoo that's also Doraisa? Is it only a tattoo that's also Dravoran? Tosas go into that. I want uh, that we have to go wait till we get to Makos to see what the laws of tattoos are. When is it considered a tattoo that is also Doraisa? But either way, he has this tattoo. Can't forge a tattoo. Yeah. Not going to be able to do any adjustments it's there. Can't, it's, yeah, it can't be an MED3. 
No, we were never discussing an Evid Ivri. We were always discussing an Evid because it has to be written on something that belongs to the husband. Remember, Bokosav, it has to be his. So the woman says, Okay, well, once you've said like that, you don't have to establish the Mishnah specifically according to Rebbe Lezer that the Eidem is Syria, etc. You can say, Rav also learns the Mishnah as Ksavis Kaka is where it's tattooed onto the slave's hand. Um, just interesting, Tosas point out, we know that the, the writing doesn't have to be done in a mutar way to be a kosher get. For example, we saw that if you write the get on, uh, if you write it on Isura, I know it's still a kosher get. So that's an interesting point. If we have time, just remind me at the end to bring the minchas chinof, it's fascinating. This is my hamlet. So what's the halacha at the end of the day? This woman came to court with the slave, with the, with the, with the get on his uh, tattooed onto his hand, and there's no proof that it was given to her. So do we assume that the husband gave her the slave, or are we concerned that maybe the slave, the husband wrote it on the slave that morning, and now in the afternoon the slaves walked and accompanied, accompanied her to court, but it was never actually given to her. It says, We can learn this from Reish Lokish, who says that flock have no chazoka. Chazoka here we mean who's the assumed owner. Generally, if there's something, if there's metal immovables in your possession, we assume you the owner. So that Gemara, oh, we assume it's yours. Your khaki, your cell phone, we assume it's yours. What about flock? No, they wander around. So just because you have my flock, it doesn't, or you have flock in your barn, we don't assume it's yours. You have to be known as the original owner or have some proof that you bought it. And that's the same thing with the slave. Just as the flock, what's the reason? Just because they're in my garden, it doesn't mean they're mine, because they wandered in by themselves. So, so to hear the slave could have wandered in or walked over to the wife by himself, so it doesn't count. Boy, Rami Bachama, another question that Rami Bachama asked, for you more talking? Just want to leave this. Um, Maybe let's leave it here for today and we'll continue um, from here, from Boy Rami Bachama tomorrow. Um, so just to bring a very interesting Minchas Chinuf, um, he asks regarding this, that if you write on writing it's not valid, Tosas came along and said, but if it was written Shalolishmo, and then you're going over the writing for Lishmo, that, that you making it Lishmo, makes it considered writing and it's a get. So generally on Shabbos you have a a book with black ink on and you go over all the letters with blank ink, you haven't done anything, you're not high on Shabbos. But by a get where you change it to this more, you have done something on Shabbos, you've done Ksiva on Shabbos. That's how Tosis learned. So now the Mufas Khan says, wait, but then when you write on Shabbos, you become a Mumar, which means that it's not valid what you did. Your writing to make it more doesn't help. So you haven't changed anything, so you're not a Mumar. Well, then, when you write it on Shabbat, well, then, if it's not a Mumar, then what you did is a good get. You made it from Chalonishma into Lishma. So it is writing, so you're a Mumar. But if you're a Mumar, then it's not a good get, so you haven't done anything. So it's a bit of a catch-22 that the Minchat Schinoch raises. Um, so he says, very interestingly, he says, call... He brings another principle that we have. Call Mr. to Omar Rahman Tabit. Anything that the Tzorah says, don't do, if you do, it doesn't count. So the Torah says, don't write on Shabbos. So if you write a get on Shabbos, it should be invalid. Fine, um, I have to think about the answer a bit more. Look into it more. So he's saying automatically the gets, he's saying automatically the gets possible. So, so he wouldn't be a mumar, but even though he's not a mumar, since the Torah says you're not allowed to write on Shabbos, writing the get on Shabbos doesn't count as writing a get. No, it doesn't. Happen to so, what happens if, uh, no, the, the question is, so is it, does it count as a get or not? I mean, it's, it's still writing. Yeah. Um, just one more point. Um, it's a little bit difficult with some of the points you've mentioned today when uh, discussing it, but yeah, that's, uh, that's just one interesting question I saw.